Shooting it raw? Yes. Shooting it raw. I have to interrupt for a second. You know, with the devil in the details of Zoom and recording and everything, uh, sometimes these horrid uh, issues happen where we talk, we have a good conversation, and then something happens technologically that just screws things up. One part of the Zoom audio channel isn't feeding into my recorder. I think what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to rewind our conversation a little bit. Let's go back and just reframe the conversation uh, only this time, what we'll do is let's cl- let's mirror more closely to the photographs. Well, to the images. Sure. So, Agent Bajan, thank you for joining me uh, on shooting it raw. I'm so embarrassed to say that I have you, uh, and it's such an important mind and author uh, to finally have you on the podcast. Is such a treat. The technology decided to uh, to screw me over a little bit. Uh, so we had a nice conversation. I'm sweating. So what we're going to do now is we're going to rediscover uh, your work and uh, what we talked about a little bit. And we're just going to maybe zip along through, because actually we didn't even get through, uh, beyond the first image. So let's go back to that first image of, so it's taken from above, the image of, the, of, a, of a tree that's essentially dying. You are in a, a hot air balloon above. It's in the morning. You're photographing down into the canopy. Uh, there are many levels of, of uh, foliage down below. And why is this photo such an important part of your most recent book? It is, uh, thank you, it's an uh, introduction to the book. Uh, in fact, um, it is part of the uh, aha that stimulated me to write, write the book. The, um, the view from above is... Uh, somewhat deceiving, uh, just like everybody's view of uh, human society. What we see is uh, the few big things that impress us. In this case, the big trees uh, alive or dying. And then uh, if we're curious, we identify a few other not so big, but still big, uh, big trees around. And um, we overlook the base, the base that sustain everything in this case, the uh, the soil, the vegetation, the animals, the animals themselves. If you pay attention, you you see the bigger ones, the game is uh, uh, crawling through the bush. You don't pay attention to the uh, to the smaller animals on which uh, the big ones are preying, and uh, and then by the same token, you don't pay attention to the insects that serve as food for the tiny animals. You see, this is a, a an image. A very common image. It's a reality that uh, hides in it, frankly, the uh, the uh, at once the uh, hierarchy and the diversity uh, that represents nature. And this uh, this hidden uh, characteristic, which is real, real means uh, physics, irrefutable. <laughs> if you deny it, it will hit you in the face. This uh, reality is non-denominational. Uh, you can. Uh, uh, recognize it now because you look at this introduction to my book. You can call it vegetation. You can also call it, okay, animal life uh, on that uh, piece of land. But you can also call it, if you listen to me, uh, the the design of uh, or the evolving architecture of a society. Or if you are into politics, you can call it uh, hierarchy. Or uh, if you're afraid of uh, that word, you can call it inequality. And some other words that uh, are uh, more popular these days. 
the point here is that uh, it's physics, and physics is science. It is, uh, of course, observable. But if you don't believe it, you can go ahead and test it. You mm-hmm. can climb climb down from the air balloon and count the uh, the number of the big trees, and then count the number of the not so big trees, and so on down the scale to the blades of grass. And then you can make a graph like uh, the one you'll see in, in my next uh, drawing. Right. Uh, which is uh, it's about hierarchy. And that is, in fact, the, how you completed the test. You can complete... Uh, after the test, you are no longer a skeptic, you see. Right. Uh, okay, so, so the, na- the title of the book is uh, Freedom and Evolution. Right. Right. And... I, so we had said this earlier before, but how I came to learn about you was discovering uh, your book, which I have here as well, Design in Nature, which I and my client found extremely important and you know mind-blowing because it made such a clear connection of, of essentially the, the progress of life and of things and of systems. And so then when I asked you to send me some images, you sent me four images. The first one was of the tree. And then the second image, which you just made reference to, is this illustration, which it's basically on the left, there's a, a kind of a graph put, it says population size increasing. And then you, on the bottom, the, the sort of the x-axis is the body size increasing. And mm-hmm. at the top left, you have a dragonfly, then goes over to hummingbird, and it goes to barn swallow, and then it has condor, pterodactyl, DC three and B forty seven, a seven forty seven, which is yeah, large yeah. plane. So, what? Please explain the the significance of this illustration. First of all, I made those drawings with India ink. Okay. <laughs> oh, nice, I, nice. And, and these are, and uh, as you said, they are organized. Uh, this is uh, uh, qualitatively on a. Uh, X versus Y plot, uh, we call this logarithmic in both directions. Uh, if you actually uh, count these numbers uh, and sizes of things that move, you uh, arrive at this distribution that I illustrated with a few drawings of very common uh, flyers from the insects all the way down on the right to the uh, most uh, uh, the best-known airplanes of their eras. Uh, the DC-3 was the transport uh, airplane in the 30s and throughout the Second World War. And um, the uh, punchline, I wrote it uh, in letters, is that uh, the uh, alignment spells uh, few large and many small. The uh, diversity of, uh, in this case, the population of uh, flying bodies is not diversity in the sense that the big and the small like potatoes thrown thrown into a sack. No, the big are few and the uh, small are many. Mm -hmm. This is called organization. Organization, or uh, the name for that is hierarchy. And the reason for the hierarchy is that uh, every single body that's illustrated by me here is in fact moving on area. And the movement on area, in this case of the animal body mass, that includes the, uh, the, what, uh, what's the, uh, riding on the airplanes. It's uh, human mass, which is water. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of that is moving on the area in the same way that the, uh, the water of the, uh, you name the river basin. It's moving uh, in the channels. 
that are uh, a harmony of few large with many small. Hmm. The river basin, or for that matter, the river delta, which is uh, the uh, like inhaling, exhaling, you know, river basin, river delta. Mm-hmm. Uh, these architectures that are hierarchical are not battlegrounds. The, uh, the many uh, small channels are not fighting for uh, supremacy against the, uh, the few big channels. They're all flowing together. Hmm. They're all born at the same time. They're all prospering because they are connected. Right. This is, you know, hierarchy is natural. Why? Because it is good for everything that flows on the area. Uh, and it flows, sorry, the, the flow itself uh, strikes you with this, with this drawing, which is actually a movie because uh, all uh, architectures of this type are in fact throbbing constantly, constantly jiggling around and adjusting themselves. They're uh, arriving at this motion picture because of immense freedom to morph. Mm-hmm, Everything mm-hmm. that moves here is richly endowed with freedom. Right. So much of it that uh, nobody talks about it. Right. Well, so we, we had spoken a little bit earlier about the sensitive topic and the politically sensitive or the idea of just words like, like freedom... Uh, which on the in the, in the human sphere and you know socio political sphere words like freedom are very loaded, whereas you make the connection and you 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 sort of mentioned how how you understand that it's sensitive to talk about freedom within an academic context within a, <laughs> an, a, an intellectual context, uh, and and yet you make a very firm uh, assertion that freedom is itself a physical, like it's part of physics. So why don't you, you, you once again reiterate what, some of your ideas of why Correct. freedom is so, so important. Well, uh, without, uh, uh, without uh, the freedom uh, to change, the uh, particular entity, we call that system in uh, physics, does not change. So no change, no evolution. <laughs> no evolution no future no progress yeah no progress means uh, that's also a loaded word because uh, it is a word that's been hijacked by a particular a political point of view mm. who is to say who is to say that the uh, the so-called the change is stored forward you see mm. i'll tell you forward forward is the constructor law which I, if i mention the constructor law i will mention it again it is the uh, natural tendency for a flow system to morph with freedom in order to provide the greater access to what flows. Mm. Obviously, that means uh, the next uh, architecture will be uh, one that offers the flow uh, uh, greater access to the available space. Or well, That means many things. Uh, if the flow is driven by power from fire, that means it, uh, the access is measured in uh, in terms of uh, less fuel burnt in order to move the uh, moving stuff to the available space. If uh, the flow is driven by money out of a bank uh, when you, that you borrow the money, then that means, yes, that the evolutionary architecture, say tomorrow or uh, 10 years later, will be um, providing flow uh, based on uh, a, a smaller expenditure and on and on and on. Mm-hmm. The, the key concept here is that without, uh, first of all, without power, uh, nothing moves. But without the freedom to change, nothing evolves. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, meaning that evolution, which is not only in the biological uh, textbooks, is also in uh, things that I teach, such as the evolution of technology, or I'm sure that others in, uh, in the, say, the military talk about the evolution of uh, uh, military strategy, or uh, there's uh, people in art, they talk about the evolution of art, or the evolution of, uh, let's call it uh, graphic design, or mm-hmm. the evolution of, of you know, music and sound. There is, uh, I'm talking about the, the actual uh, impression, not the technology of it. Uh, art itself is an evolving uh, add-on to, uh, to the individual. All these things, meaning evolution, is concept obviously it's much older than uh, Darwin. Evolution comes from is a Latin word. Uh, evolution means uh, evolve, evolvere, which means to roll, roll out, to roll forward. This is the image of the birth of the fetus. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fetus is born out of uh, natura, the mother who gives birth to everything. That's the meaning of physics. It is reality that is. Well, the the image of this thing that uh, just rolled out. And it's, uh, it will keep on rolling tomorrow to look different than what you see today. That is possible. That movie is possible because the, the rolling object has freedom. Sure. And then, of course, uh, you can uh, take this story of mine uh, to the next day or the next month, and you'll see uh, freedom galore. you see a movie. So if we accept uh, this uh, evolution speech, we should also accept the the reason why it is correct mm-hmm. it is that these everything in nature is endowed with the freedom to change right right and in a way so my my interpretation is that in essence evolution peel away all the kind of emotional or ideological things you want to attach to it evolution is essentially describing change over time Right. So how does this feed into the third graphic or image that you sent through of the two charts, right, of energy use versus competitive rank? Okay, um, you may be right about evolution, uh, speech and biology, uh, describing uh, change over time, except that in biology, uh, you are not uh, looking at anything Mm. in biology, the uh, objects, meaning animals, everything from uh, uh, monocellular to uh, the elephant are what they are. The uh, biologist is, uh, you know, challenged to imagine how that drawing came to be what it is today. Mm. No, the physics, which is the constructor law, uh, tells you <laughs> where the drawing came from. And in, in so doing, the constructor law tells you the direction in which the drawing will be morphing. If you if, if you are lucky to be living long enough. Okay. Uh, so that's the, uh, that's the difference. Uh, the constructive law is a law of physics uh, which, uh, with which you have the power to predict the future. It is, like any other law of physics, a crystal ball that makes you a very powerful, uh, let's call it genius. You know, just like with the law of gra- gravitational fall, you know how... Uh, how hard uh, you'll uh, you'll uh, suffer if you fall from the balcony, okay? Mm-hmm. That's what the Galileo Galileo uh, taught us. Right. The point is, uh, science, all of it, is useful because it, empower, it, it empowers us to predict the future. In this case, the constructor law adds to that power this aspect, which is that uh, reality is a movie, a movie, you are an actor in it, 
and uh, this uh, movie has uh, has uh, obviously the movie plot has a direction in time tomorrow will be different than today everybody knows that uh, and uh, we can talk about that if you wish because that is also a, a very important uh, uh, aspect of uh, how imp how important this discussion really is uh, so tomorrow will be different and with that crystal ball you uh, you can do two things that are very useful to you, to you, to your own life. One is, you know what to do tomorrow. Number two, you know what not to do tomorrow. Okay? So that's the, that's how important it is for people to go to school and, uh, and get science. Mm -hmm. Okay, got it. Uh, that's, uh, by the way, our uh, parents and grandparents and uh, even earlier, uh, knew this. This is why uh, they raised us with this uh, passion for uh, being serious about learning. Sure, sure. Uh, they uh, they did not send us to school uh, out of uh, sadism. You see, <laughs> it's, it's sure for it, sure. It's 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 deadly serious. This kind of uh, education. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let me bring you back though to the illustration because is, now this is from your 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 book, yeah. Freedom and Evolution. So what is happening in these two charts? Yeah, they're uh, put together. They are juxtaposed <laughs> to make you see uh, the punchline. On the left is again reality uh, plotted on that. Uh, <laughs> they happen to be falling on the bisector are uh, all the countries and the groups of countries of the world. They are uh, plotted as uh, wealth, annual wealth called, called GDP or gross domestic product versus the um, fuel used annually in each of those countries. So on the, on the abscissa, meaning the horizontal uh, direction, I'm talking about the left half of the image, mm -hmm. on the, in the horizontal direction, the fuel used is proportional to the movement movement uh, that happened on that uh, in that country during one year movement mm -hmm. physical movement sure. everything from uh, from human bodies uh, eating food to uh, vehicles on the road the small vehicles many of those the bigger vehicles the fewer you name them the ships uh, trucks airplanes uh, all of that and on the uh, ordinate, meaning the vertical direction, you have this concept from economics, which is called uh, wealth. Wealth. Uh, the uh, message from uh, the left half of my image is that what is wealth in economics is a movement in physics. Right. Meaning that wealth is physics. Wealth is movement. Movement is life. Mm -hmm. You see, so uh, so a country that's that's moving a lot is uh, in fact uh, more alive than one that's uh, dormant. Mm -hmm. Well, everybody knows that. In fact, look on the globe. Uh, you'll see my uh, punchline uh, live. You compare, I'm not going to name uh, countries here, but you can com compare countries from the lower left of the bisector, the ones I did not name, with the countries that are named uh, as you go in in the direction of uh, the upper right. Right, right. Uh, okay, so uh, movement. In fact, uh, you know this without thinking much. If you go, uh, say, to uh, London, you'll get run over by the movement. Right. Uh, 
to go to some other countries. Maybe because I'm in Hong Kong and I can let myself speak with a bit more uh, freedom on this topic because there's, you know, we have the pressures on Hong Kong. A lot of it is to restrict flows, restrict movement, right. uh, either of people, basically of thoughts and ideas. So I can see uh, that, that you're absolutely right, that when you start putting the brakes on, on these flows, that's when all of a sudden you start finding the tensions. Um, so how does, that, how does that reflect in terms of the, the right graphic with the energy use and competitiveness? Very good point. Yeah, very good. But okay, we'll get the, this is very good. By the way, I was raised with this impression that you, uh, that you painted uh, by commenting on the, the current discussions in Hong Kong. I was raised in uh, uh, communist Romania. This was a uh, bona fide European country before communism which uh, all of a sudden, overnight, by the way, a normal country like, uh, you know, uh, Hungary and Czechoslovakia and uh, Austria. And then overnight, uh, all these communist states uh, were driven uh, into a standstill, which Mm -hmm. meant uh, instant poverty measured in many ways, not just the lack of movement, but the lack of... uh, communication, lack of uh, health, lack of, lack of education. By the way, you could not, uh, there are no passports, nobody mm. could leave right. unless they had relatives abroad, so meaning no movement. Look, the right side of my uh, montage is uh, the same countries that uh, you saw on the left, but this time they are uh, plotted uh, with movement, meaning fuel used uh, on the vertical, and uh, on the horizontal direction, is uh, the ranking of these countries according to uh, economic competitiveness, which means freedom. Freedom is on the horizontal. Uh, Freedom, uh, the most free on the horizontal is one, place number one, rank number one on the left. Ah, okay, okay. So there you go. So uh, once again, you see that more movement means means, uh, what goes hand in hand with greater freedom. Sure. Okay, now I did not comment in the fir- on the first graph with respect to what happens on the bisector. What happens on the bisector is that all these black dots are moving from year to year in the direction of the red arrow, hmm. meaning they're, they're racing upward like the bicyclists in the peloton. Right. All, every government uh, at the end of the year brags about uh, the increase in the GDP. Mm. They don't brag about the fact that uh, that the consumption of fuel has has had increased necessarily during the same year. By the way, this is why no country is uh, stupid to cut its uh, its consumption of fuel mm. because every every group of wise people wants to uh, live better, which means to to be wealthier. Mm. But to be wealthier means to move more, meaning to move more freely. Well, on the right hand side. We see that this tendency toward uh, greater movement, which this time is, is plotted on the ver- in the vertical direction, is in the same uh, direction of the red arrow, which means on the horizontal toward greater freedom. Right. And that's the red arrow is uh, the future. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, go ahead. If people want, want to talk about progress, meaning the direction of the arrow, meaning the arrow of time, well, tell them what progress really is. Mm-hmm. Progress uh, is not a political uh, slogan. It is physics. Mm-hmm. It is what will be tomorrow. And if you know the physics, <laughs> you predict tomorrow. Right. Uh, 
it's uh, very simple. In fact, politicians of all stripes should be very happy that they know what I'm teaching. Right. You see? <laughs> so, so how does this feel? Well, I think I think your this actually links very nicely to the to the fourth image you sent me, uh, which uh, basically it's it's on the three kind of well, there three photos, two photos and one sort of sketch, and across a bunch of other sketches. So the photo at the left is well, this seems to be a military procession. Could be North Korea. Could be China people in this amazing regimented, uh, uh, I guess, goose-stepping. And then the image to the ne- next to that are, is that same, it seems like another group of people walking, taken from above. But then there's like a sketch of like this line climbing up to, to up a mountain. So what is, what is the significance of this image? Uh, the, uh, the, uh, I really like this. Uh, <laughs> I can uh, like this, your smile. This, this, this drawing, <laughs> because uh, this drawing is, uh, is about me. Um, I made uh, the drawing evolve. The, the first uh, piece that I made was the one, the, the right-hand side. The right-hand side, I drew it out of the blue. I know exactly when. It was in 1975, and I drew it with a ballpoint pen. It's about my vision of uh, myself. Okay. okay. Yeah. Not as a mountain climber, because mm-hmm. I'm not a mountain climber. It it's looks like a person the, running, like a sick figure of a man running up a, up a mountain. It, it, it's about a person uh, aspiring to uh, a world of ideas that uh, is not known to the people at the base of the mountain, okay? Mm-hmm. And it takes work. Uh, at that time, I was uh, getting ready to leave... Uh, MIT. I had gotten my doctorate and I was moving to Berkeley as a postdoc. And um, I kind of liked the uh, the spontaneity of the sketch. And I forgot about the sketch, mm-hmm. you see. I, I forgot. Sure. But then uh, later when I, uh, when I started to uh, publish, uh, my work is in uh, hardcore thermodynamics. But even there, of course, there's room for uh, publishing new things, you know, mm-hmm. new things. And I noticed that the new things are not always uh, applauded by uh, by the uh, establishment. Okay. And then and then I made a connection between uh, the first drawing and this photograph of uh, Hitler's army on parade. This is uh, in the late 1930s, be- before he started invading the neighboring countries. Mm-hmm. So that's that's Hitler's army marching. Uh, I don't know where. Maybe in uh, Nuremberg. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then, right uh, before publishing this uh, this uh, book, uh, it occurred to me that uh, well, uh, Hitler, of course, is a uh, is a very negative. Uh, let's call a lightning rod in uh, in uh, human history. Uh, recognized as negative, criticized all over the the landscape. Well, uh, other Hitlers uh, are marching on the landscape. So here on the left is uh, the. PLA parade uh, last October, one mm. year ago, okay, in mm-hmm. Beijing. Mm-hmm. Uh, much, much better uh, discipline in the ranks. And according to the constructor law, the, the reader, the reader should appreciate even more the drawing that I made in 1975 uh, of uh, people like me running away from the marching crowd. In fact, the uh, caption of the, uh, of the montage is... Uh, marching columns do not climb peaks. Mm. I teach my students this. 
I teach my students to uh, question authority, to question my authority, to question the authority of the book, the textbook, uh, to question the authority of Albert Einstein. I, I really, uh, everything in science is, uh, is up for grabs. Right, absolutely. Um, meaning, yeah, meaning those uh, giants uh, who, uh, whom the books are celebrating were these very few uh, little uh, men uh, or women uh, running away from the crowd. Right, right. Running away. So in terms of your, your most recent book, you know, Freedom and Evolution, Two questions. One, how is the how is this book you diverging from the crowd? And how has the crowd shown or responded to your ideas to diverge from from your thinking? And it's a it's a it's a potentially sensitive I'm not pushing your buttons, but I'm just kind of pushed back a little bit. Well, uh, the uh I uh, you're not the first interviewer who brings, uh, who puts it this way. Uh, one uh, a German uh, filmmaker two years ago, while introducing me, uh, he uh, accused me of uh, trying to change the world. You know? I hope so. I uh, hope so. Yeah, wait, no, wait. <laughs> as if, as if, as if I'm Karl Marx or somebody, you know, who, who wanted to change the world. Hmm. I have, uh, I have uh, the opposite of such ambitions. Uh, in fact, uh, that's why uh, I'm talking about marching columns do not climb peaks. You, if you, and in fact, I wrote in the last chapter of uh, Freedom and Evolution, the purpose of the scientist is to, uh, to live a happy life in his uh, mental world of ideas. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, uh, I'm like you. You're a, a thinker, an artist, and you're happy. I can read it on your face. Mm-hmm. By the way, by the way, the best uh, football players are happy. Look right. at them; they're happy. Sure, they're happy even when they miss. Well, uh, when they miss. they make millions yeah. to play. I mean, who wouldn't yeah, be yeah. happy? <laughs> they made they made no money when they're playing uh, barefoot in in the dust. You know, sure. I I've seen them from both ends. No, they're happy. Mm. And uh, well, the fact that. Uh, over time, because the uh, the craft is uh, useful, were beautiful, were whatever enjoyable, they uh, they become known. Mm. The end of my statement uh, happens, right? Uh, because it's useful. It's just like with the engine of uh, James Watt. Uh, he did not make it in order to uh, get rich. He made it because uh, it was a, a pretty bad uh, machine in his uh, dusty laboratory. And he wanted it to be better, and uh, he was happy. Out of that uh, desire to to do better, uh, came an invention that uh, set the world in motion. Mm-hmm. But the same way with the photography, with the with a microscope or with a telescope, these things these things happen to people who were frankly happy to come up with an idea sure and uh, i think that's beautiful absolutely Uh, it's just like the happy life of a composer or a a painter the the uh, the the creative person is not a uh, a person who uh, who beats a nail after nail after nail after nail right a creative person is uh, a free a free individual who uh, has uh, the equivalent of uh, of uh, Okay, orgasmic pleasure when uh, doing something new. Sure. I like putting it in that particular way of having <laughs> that aha, um, an orgasmic is, moment. 
this is yeah and this is what uh, makes us uh, uh, teammates or uh, similar or uh, but we're not in this uh, discussion as uh, as comrades you know mm. to join a movement i'm not interested i am okay with myself and with my family and uh, and yes uh, along the uh, several decades of uh, this kind of life of mine i got to know uh, maybe 10 or 20 people Uh, who are like me now you are in that very special group oh thank um, you I, yeah the point is that's wonderful i it's like i'm i'm a robinson crusoe and uh, and you're friday okay i'm right. I'm, a, i'm i'm a happier man i'm a, i'm safer you see sure meaning that if they put me in jail you'll come and rescue me you see? <laughs> <laughs> hey so i have a question when what was so you know you do your work and reading your books absolutely changed and inspired many many and and I, this is what's amazing poe and i read your your book and that in our minds split the branches new ideas kind of branched out from there uh that really fed the energy of our thinking forward um what would you say was an a, an example that pops to mind that your work <clears throat> emerged as as a source of inspiration to somebody in in a way that you weren't quite anticipating that you know that that an example of somebody who who read your stuff came back to you and said oh do you know that blah 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 this happened and you thought wow no that i didn't expect that and that's that's very rewarding i'm really not uh, sure i understand uh, what uh, you are researching for here okay so for example poe uh was one of the architects of DHL. DHL is a really excellent yeah. example of how, you know, freedom and movement uh flows. Like you could make a really clear sort of connection of the constructal law at work in something like a DHL system. Are there right, other right, examples? Yeah. Are there other examples of people coming to you to say, "Hey, you know what? Here's a case that you may not have thought of that re- that confirms or uh- Well, I uh, look uh, the, here. I uh, I credit where I come from. Uh, I was raised in a, uh, a civilized place. This was a Romania, even under communism, was uh, a society where uh, books uh, were uh, cherished. Uh, learning was uh, serious business. Uh, the education was European. It was. Uh, a, heavy duty everything from math physics all the way to history geography and uh, art my parents sent me to art school in uh, after hours i became a top level basketball player oh nice uh, i i had that's actually freedom in a society that was designed not to be free and but it was all due to my parents and in in this kind of upbringing with of course my parents educated the uh, Uh, my father veterinarian, my mother pharmacist. I grew up in my mother's pharmacy, playing uh, uh, between the, the jars with, uh, I'm sure, very dangerous poisons. <laughs> but uh, uh, <laughs> cleverly play, yeah, playing cleverly, <laughs> always being watched. They, but in the, in this kind of family and school, I uh, and because of the lack of uh, freedom, meaning you had to uh, to be. Uh, Uh, curious, meaning to learn to be curious while learning to keep your mouth shut, mm-hmm. is a lot more difficult than uh, growing up uh, inquisitive in a free in a free country. Absolutely, it occurred to me. It occurred to me that uh, there is yes, design in nature, 
I saw this uh, oneness of uh, animals and vehicles early on before huh. I knew thermodynamics. I saw, I grew up in the Danube Delta. I saw the design of the Danube Delta happening from day to day on the, I wrote this in um, Design in Nature, on the inside uh, surface of the eggshell during the development of the chicken embryo. Mm-hmm. It's the same vas- vasculature. And uh, uh, I knew, I heard the bingo, uh, the river delta is, uh, is uh, inanimate. Nobody mm. would uh, call uh, the river delta a, an animal. I mean, uh, what DNA there? What yeah. DNA? Sure. Well, uh, plenty of that discussion is about the chicken egg. So the oneness of nature was in me growing up as a kid. Mm. My father was not very good at uh, keeping his mouth shut. Of course, he was imprisoned uh, by the regime because he was a free man. But uh, he would uh, then, uh, when he got out, he would keep talking, <coughs> he, the veterinarian, and uh, talk to uh, his neighbors across the street, talk loudly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he would say, look in the eyes of your dog. Your dog is telling you, I want to be free. Mm-hmm. Your dog. Yeah. <laughs> not a, not a, not a, your dog. Because you see in Romania, the dogs are uh, always chained, you know. Right. Chained. They are not like the dogs in a wealth society where the dogs are pets. <laughs> you know, the, the dogs uh, in, uh, in, a, in a poor country are uh, uh, guarding the house. Yeah. Or they're... Uh, they are guarding the sheep uh, on the mountain. The point is, the point is that the growing up, I had this. I knew already that uh, the reason why uh, Romania was not like Germany because we are seeing German tourists, you know, come. Uh, they're coming to the Carpathians uh, in big numbers. They're all very wealthy. They're driving big cars, and uh, they were largely uh, compared with us uneducated. Mm-hmm. These uh, well, wealthy people from the West. By putting it within the realm of physics and anchoring it to the realm of physics, you've taken the emotional, the subjective human, you know, to make it more objective and say, okay, look, you know, systems tend to, to no, no designer behind it, but to just design emerges just by the very physics of the system. Yeah, uh, that's, uh, that's, uh, but once again, if you, uh, listen to uh, your uh, audience, the word design is also loaded, like all these right. other words that we speak. Yeah, so I yeah. call it organization. Uh, I call it uh, I, I call it architecture. Okay. By the way, I like uh, architecture. But uh, the point is that um, the truth, which is that this is physics, not opinion, mm-hmm. is, uh, is in fact uh, liberating, not only me, the, uh, I'm the writer, but liberating the, the, the person who speaks, sure. the person, the reader, liberates the reader. The reader could uh, recognize whatever he or she um, has in that uh, image of the physics. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Um, it's not about a particular uh, political uh, opinion. It's also very important. It's not about somebody's nationality, right? You know, meaning we're not here advocating or fighting against somebody who happens to be fascist. Although, uh, yes, the fascists, like the communists, and like uh, these other uh, extremists, uh, whatever, people who are into uh, uh, driving uh, uh, marching columns, 
these uh, these tendencies uh, exist uh, not only all over the world; they exist in ev- on every university campus. Right, right. Uh, um, Adrian, okay. So uh, speaking to you is such a treat. Uh, again, I think I, I, I maybe this got lost in the beginning part of the uh, lost recording, but uh, I am such. Um, an admirer and and I'm so appreciative of of the work you're doing. Clearly, one day I hope we can meet face to face. Sure. So, w- which city do you live in right now? I live in uh, Durham, North Carolina. Yeah, I've been teaching at Duke University for thir- 36 years. Wow. Obviously, I'm very fortunate to be uh, on uh, this campus. I uh, I uh, joke about marching columns and stuff, but that's uh, that's the norm these days. Anywhere you look. I'm uh, first of all fortunate to uh, to be uh, an American. I came here in 1969, so wow. I lived uh, six decades here. Meaning, um, I'm very lucky uh, mm. because uh, I made the uh, well based on my wits, but I made the I made the jump from uh, minus infinity to plus infinity. You know, mm. by crossing the Atlantic. Think about sure. that. Uh, this sort of, uh, and by the way, that movement has uh, happened uh, uh, in this direction of the constructive law. Right. In this case, toward the greater access, uh, greater freedom. <laughs> of course, you can measure that in uh, everything, uh, longer life if you want. To. Right, right. And uh, look, uh, that's, uh, this is a, uh, obviously, the, 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 in science, science is autobiography. So it is true that uh, what a person comes up with in science is about the life of that particular individual and the uh, the excitement of the human event, which is for the individual to to be talking to some to another person who is interesting. Right. I'm talking about look. You pronounce your name Ran, Ran mm-hmm. or Ran? Yeah. Ran. Well, if if you can't say Ran, you say Ran. You, you say Ran. It's fine. No, I I Ran. Okay, Ran. The point is that uh, that uh, life is beautiful if you run into interesting people. If you run, of course, uh, we run into boring people uh, all the time, but we don't remember them mm-hmm. uh, because. So that's what, uh, and is the same in academia. Uh, the student is exposed to all sorts of professors. Sure. Uh, but uh, 20 years later, you ask the student, and they will uh, tell you that they remember Professor A or Professor B. Absolutely. Which happened to be my initials, okay? <laughs> <laughs> okay. We, we've been speaking for a while, and uh, regardless of the podcast, I'm definitely pointing people towards your work, and more importantly, to your, towards your ideas. Next time I'm in your neighborhood, I'm going to come say hi. Sure, that's right. Thank you. You are welcome. Uh, I look forward to meeting you in person uh, here uh, in the U.S. or in Hong Kong or wherever. Thank you so much. You're a good man. Thank you. Bye-bye. Gratitude and a sense of humor go 